We see the sun setting on Firmament, Colorado, gilding the town in pastel hues. The quaint shops on Main Street, door shuttered for the evening. The sleek Colorado National Lab building perched atop the bank of the Elkhorn River. The Gothic halls and verdant campus of Firmament College. All of it is bathed in the brilliance of day's end. Perhaps most striking is Cathedral Point, the singular peak rising up from the edge of town against the backdrop of the distant, darkening Rocky Mountains. A gleaming silver gondola climbs partway up its base before disappearing into the prim and elegant enclave of Olympic Heights. Further up, the slope steepens and sharpens, shifting from forested hillside to rugged crags and cliffs. We see a young man traversing a narrow trail that winds upward through the scree and scattered ponderosa pines that adorn the mountainside. He's clad in sporty outdoor apparel and treading the path in a pair of brand new, brand name hiking boots. The fading light of day catches the beads of sweat that dot his brow as he climbs higher and higher. At last he reaches the summit, a sparse and uneven plateau overlooking firmament and miles of its surrounding countryside. He exhales deeply, pumping his fist once in triumph. After taking a moment to catch his breath, he draws a phone from his pocket and holds it out to take a picture of himself. As the hiker poses in front of the beautiful Colorado sunset, the dappling of prismatic wildflowers at his feet begin to bend and twist whimsically in the breeze. Quickly, though, the wind picks up speed. Caught off guard, the young man stumbles backwards onto a patch of loose stone. The ground beneath his feet gives way, and in a flash, he disappears. We see the body of a young man lying at the base of a cliff. His limbs are jumbled. Blood is pooling beneath him. The breeze comes again, whistling a quiet dirge as it passes through. The blades of grass around the body sway back and forth in requiem. For a moment, the scene is one of grim tranquility. Then the body sits bolt upright. Hello everyone and welcome to Monster Hour. I am Quinn, your keeper of monster and mysteries. If you're just joining us and skip the setup episode, that's okay. We talked about our characters a little bit, we talked about the setting of Firmament Colorado, and we talked a little bit about Monster of the Week. If you haven't listened, we do recommend it, but if setup character creation is not really your thing, you don't need it to get right into the story, which is what we're going to do in this episode. We'll have everyone else introduce themselves and talk briefly about the hunter they're playing and the hunter playbook that they're using. Uh, Hannah, why don't you go ahead and go first? Sure. I am playing J.R. the Crooked. J.R. is a grifter and a thief. She's currently trying to stay off the grid as much as she can in Firmament to let the heat die down from a job that went both bad and a little weird. She uh, didn't get what they were going for, but she did not walk away empty-handed. Kyle? I'm playing Alvin Hughes, the Monstrous. Alvin Hughes is around 21 years old. 
he used to go to Firmament College, but in his senior year, which is this current year, he had to drop out due to his slowly becoming monstrous due to an unknown nature. He's growing a lot of fur, claws, and he doesn't know what's going on. And Teal. I am playing Constance Rodescu, the expert, in quotation marks. Constance would describe herself as an artist before her time because nobody seems to understand and or pay and or be interested in her art at the moment. It's confounding for most folks, but her art is sold at the tourist shop where she works to actually pay her bills. She has lived her entire life in Firmament, and her family is very well known. Uh, Her mother is a very successful scientist, and her father is the Poet Laureate. She is out of college and, according to her mother, a little listless and should probably look into what her career will be, but she's still kind of just waiting for her big break. Wonderful. We are going to go ahead and jump right into it with Constance. Constance, you are in the Firmament Visitors Bureau and History Museum, where you work the nine to five, more or less. That good old grind. Exactly. It is your final tour of the day. There's a a crowd sort of milling about, beginning to gather. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what the museum looks like? Sure. So the museum is all dated about 30 years. So everything (laughs) in there, uh, (laughs) it all looks consistent. But, you know, it's got those nice little plaques. It has a couple of dioramas. It has a couple of like antique items from the mining days of the town. And they also have a couple of the like Olympic skis from some of the renowned people that came through here. But they kind of look like those old tattered skis that you would find at a weird garage sale. There is that machine that you can put in a penny and it'll like stamp out a little firmament logo, the city crest on it. Everything's a bit dusty. It's not (laughs) great for those with allergies, uh, Constance included. But it's got, you know, that the charm of of a place that people care about their history, they just don't have the funds necessarily to uh, spruce it up or make it super fancy. Oh, there is one of those coffee machines that like it dispenses the cup with the coffee for you. I imagine that's right by the entrance between the, the museum and the gift shop area. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And of course, Constance's paintings are in the gift shop. They're the only thing in there that isn't tacky tourist (laughs) stuff. Yes. Okay. So you're standing at the entrance of the museum section where this small crowd is gathering before you. It's an interesting eclectic mix of folks. There's a young couple with two young kids, a boy in his late teens attempting to distance himself from what you assume are his parents. There's a handful of tourists that are either uh, comically over or underdressed for the weather. And there are two residents of the Riverside Senior Center, Doris and Abner, who show up at least once a week. Uh, And everyone is milling about, sort of waiting around for the tour to begin. And finally, four o'clock is heralded by a bird call that chirps from a gaudy clock in the gift shop. The group gathers in front of you, and you look down at the laminated piece of paper in your hand that has the tour script that you are all too familiar with. Gather around, folks. Gather around. Hi, my name is Constance. 
And let's begin our uh, historical tour of this wonderful town that I myself grew up in. Yes, yes, I am from here. So Firmament got its start as a mining town during the Colorado silver boom. It was incorporated in 1887 and expanded quickly when the railroad arrived in 1891. Choo-choo! I'm required to say that. Firmament Academy was founded in the early 1900s, the exact date is disputed, and became a state college in 1930. The mining industry dwindled after World War II, but was steadily replaced by tourism. Yay! Thank you for coming. And the opening of the Colorado National Laboratory in 1952. Firmament was a popular location for Olympic athletes to train until the official Olympic training facility opened in Colorado Springs in 1978. The Skyway Gondola connecting Olympic Heights to Riverside Park remains in operation to this day. Almost immediately, one of the two young kids sort of like steps forward and says, Are there really dinosaurs in Firmament? And their sibling steps forward and says, Is the old silver mine really haunted? And then one of the teen's parents steps forward and says, Is, is it true that Firmament College just has the best in-state graduation rate since 1978? And their partner sort of nudges them a little bit and says, Dear, we're touring the campus later. You don't need to ask that now. One of the tourists steps forward and says, What's your favorite hiking trail in the area? And Abner from the Riverside Senior Center says, Can you tell the story about that, the old robbery, the High Lemon Heist? <laughs> and you were peppered by questions. <laughs> wow, such a such an eclectic group here. All right, well, let's go in order of the most important things. Yes, the silver mine is haunted. There is actually, really? yeah, there's actually a haunted tour run oh by gosh. one of my colleagues. It starts at dusk. <gasps> You're gonna have to ask your parents, though. It can be a little spooky. Can we go? Can we go? Can we go? Can we go? And the parents I, look I, at you. And they just shake their heads. <laughs> I lean over to one of them and I say, it's included in your ticket price for, for coming to this tour. They nod so, discreetly. You know, in, in fact, both of my parents actually work at the university and they will be the first to tell you that although that is the well-known st stat about the university, there's, there's a lot more to the experience of going to school here. You know, the town really embraces its place in the academic world. And the numbers are great, but really the, the experience is what draws people here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, now, I, I feel like there were a couple of other questions. Was anyone asking about the arts are there and dinosaurs? culture region? Ah, yes, dinosaurs. Dinosaurs, wow. dinosaurs, dinosaurs. I pull out this like pamphlet that talks about the mysteries of the region and also includes a dinosaur walkabout. And I, I hand it to the kid and I go, well, it's up for you to decide how many of these dinosaurs really lived at that time. And you can actually go take a tour from my friend Javier. I like give a little wink to the parents like it's also included in your ticket price. They nod and smile. I'm just calculating in my head. I get a kickback for every one of these words uh, <laughs> that I push people to. Now, did anyone... I thought I heard someone say that they were interested in, in the arts and culture in the region. Did I... 
Did I hear that somewhere? Well, we do have a gift shop here. Make sure to check it out. It does have all of your favorites that you would expect. A lot of stuff from our mining days and from our Olympic athlete days. We have a couple of signed t-shirts from former Olympians. Uh, we also have uh, a couple of local artist originals, <laughs> the, the local artist being myself, actually. A couple of beautiful landscapes of some of my favorite hiking trips in the area. And what are those favorite hiking trips? Well, I am a big fan of the Tiger Lily Switchback Trail. It is a bit rough. It takes about two hours each way, but there's a beautiful view from the top. I won't spoil it. I won't tell you what's there, but I would have a camera ready. These tourists are jotting notes down on a pair of maps that they picked up in the Visitor's Bureau section. And as they're jotting these notes down in response to your answers, you notice that your tour group has gained a member while you were collecting that map of the dinosaurs in the area. Um, you see that there's someone else who has slipped in. He is a skinny man in his late 20s. He is wearing a Firmament College sweatshirt with the hood drawn and a pair of aviators on. And he is loitering near the back and he seems to be focused very intently on you. I do a, a swift, thank you all for the tour. I hope you've had a wonderful time as I'm walking. And I quickly try to catch up with them. Sir, sorry, did you have a question? In my mind, this is someone who jumped in on half the tour and didn't pay for it. Go ahead and act under pressure, I think. I think I want you all to right. actually roll. Go ahead and act under pressure to ditch your tour group and catch this person before they leave the museum. The first roll of the game. <laughs> All right. Good chance for action. Sweet, sweet dice. Oh, that's an eleven, folks. Now you have a special thing for for act under pressure, right? I do. I actually get to roll plus sharp instead of plus cool mm -hmm. uh, because I I'm not very cool, but I'm a smarty. So I rolled a nine plus a two. I have an eleven. Dang. All right. On a 10 plus, you do what you set out to do. So you press through the crowd and you tap this person on the shoulder and they turn around to face you. I'm smiling, but my eyes say you cannot leave this space. Hi, uh, did you have a question? I saw that you joined in at the end of the tour. We, we actually, uh, 4 p.m. is the last tour of the day. Did you check in at the front desk? They cock their head at you and stare. And you have no sense as to whether or not they comprehended anything that you said. And then they turn and push open the door and leave. Sir? Sir? And the door slams shut behind them. <sighs> Jenny, we got a runner. <laughs> the woman who is running the guest shop section, Jenny, uh, is a student at Firmament. Is, has a questionable commitment to her job. And she sort of gets up from the gift shop desk and puts out a little sign that says back in five minutes <laughs> and starts walking very lazily towards the front door. I mean, Jenny, at this point, they're going to be in another town. I can't I can't arrest them if they go anywhere. Like, what am I going to do? Didn't you used to go to like mosh pits and things? Can't you just like, I don't know, intimidate That's them? That's assault, Constance. Oh, I just mean just just bring some of that energy, you know, bring some of that like big mosh pit energy to this experience. If I, 
if I use that energy here, then I don't have it for the mosh pits. Constance, how many times have I told you? Okay. Okay. I'm just going <sighs> to... I'm I'm just going to see if and I open the door and I try to like run out just to see if they're getting in a car and I can grab the license plate. You push open the front door and sort of run out and almost collide with your parents. Oh, hi. Constantina, my darling. It is good to see you. How are you? I'm I'm great. I actually am dealing with just a really quick work situation, and I try to, like, peek over them. Oh, but it it is your last shift. It is your last shift, your mother Magda says. And she embraces you and gives you a kiss on both cheeks and says, <gasps> We're coming over for dinner. Come. I, I, I have all the ingredients. Your father, Victor, and I, we are so excited to see you. Come on, let's go. Oh, 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 all right. Alvin, you are in a car. You're in the passenger seat. You're being driven by your good friend and former college roommate, Leon. Mm -hmm. Uh, Leon is a wiry uh, young man who has thick, curly hair and expressive eyebrows. Probably the person you know best in Firmament. Leon works for the local alt-weekly, the Jackalope. And he's asked you to tag along for a story that he is working on about one of Firmament's most popular and enigmatic tourist attractions, the Moonscape. Moonscape. Yeah. Moonscape. You are, uh, you're probably familiar with the Moonscape. It's not in Firmament, but it's about 20 minutes out. Mm -hmm. It's a sprawling badland that begins just a ways outside of town. The north end of the park is relatively close, but it stretches outwards several miles in almost every direction from that point. It is a beautiful and desolate place. Leon is, uh, is sitting in the, the driver's seat. You know, thanks, Alvin. I really appreciate you joining me. Like, they really want these pictures after hours, and uh, <laughs> we're not supposed to be in the moonscape after dark, but just got to get these photos. Yeah. And uh, it's, uh, it's good to have some backup. Yeah, no problem. I, Leon, do you remember first time we came out here, freshman year? I mean, yeah. It was a dare. Alvin, of like, course I remember. <laughs> we bit hard on that bait. <laughs> Leon winks at you. It's just like old times. And uh, he pulls up to the entrance to the moonscape, and the two of you get out of the car. He's got a pair of pretty nice cameras, and he uh, beckons you to, to head out with him. I grab, I've just got like a little backpack. It's got some like granola bars some water in it <laughs> you know, very binoculars. prepared just kind of just kind of a general go bag and hops out of the car the two of you head into the park the terrain is pretty rocky and uneven and as you make your way through there are plateaus and ravines that you can see there's burnt red peaks and layers of chalky gray interspersed with smaller bands of mahogany and blue tinged charcoal the coloration is only half the draw, though. There are just stunning shapes of all varieties that really make this seem like the alien terrain for which it is named. There are cavernous archways. There are haystacks that rise up from nothing like towers. Some of them have these bizarre mushroom-like caps atop them. There are rocks unfurling like petals. And Leon is, even though it's not sunset yet, snapping a few pictures. Hey, Leon. While we're walking yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. What's up? Yeah, hey. So this story, the the story for the Alt Weekly, right? 
Oh yeah, you know it's just a. You're it's, just taking just you're just taking pictures for this story. Well, the jackalope's pretty small, so we all got to be our own photographers. <laughs> That's right. Plus, I you know me, I got an eye for it. You know, it's just it's a silly puff piece. Like it's just a it's a welcome to school, welcome to firmament sort of piece about all the wonderful attractions. You know, everybody knows about the moonscape, but. Of course, all these uh, these goody goodies, they're not going to be here, you know, after dusk when you're not supposed to be here. So I got to be the one who takes the pictures, put my butt on the line. Now, you say this is a this is a puff piece, but I know you guys do some real good work, some real. I mean, I'm trying real in-depth investigations there at the uh, Do You got any I mean, do you guys have any like hot leads? Is any anybody found like do weird, we weird like do we marks or destruction? I'm just curious. Let me tell you what the jackalope. I like the jackalope. It's much better than the Firmament Daily Herald. Let me tell you that. But even the jackalope isn't listening to me when I tell them about the real stories that are happening in this town. The shady deals that are going on in City Hall. The admissions kickbacks at Firmament College. Unreported missing persons posted about online. The secret experiments at the Colorado National Laboratory. You know they're doing some weird shit in there. Ah, yes. I tell you, no one gets past the first floor, either up or down. Yes, uh, city city council is definitely the stories that you should be investigating. Nobody's reported like like odd fur lying around, right? Odd f- fur? I no. just I don't know. I, you hear neighbors <laughs> talking about things um so, okay, good. Great. No, that's good. Yeah, I mean there's people who talk about the chupacabra, but everyone knows that's nonsense. Sure, sure, sure. Nonsense. Yep. Mhm. No, but I'm telling Anyways, I'm telling you <laughs> there are real stories in Firmament and even the jackalope isn't getting to the bottom to it. I, I'm telling you, I should go freelance. <laughs> you know, that might be a good idea. I mean, you've got you've got that big brain on your shoulders. You know, a good eye for photography. You could, I mean, you could probably with that sort of investigative skill, like you could probably take this. You know, bigger bigger towns than Firmament too. Like up up and out, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Leon sort of like tossles your hair a little bit. <laughs> uh, I like jokingly try to duck quickly away from his hand. Oh, Alvin, you gotta loosen up. You gotta get, you gotta get loose. Sometimes you, just, you, yeah. I don't. I just got um. There's uh. I just there's um. I I got this new product, and I don't want it. You know, messing up in my hair. I got. I'm, <laughs> I've got a. Uh, I'm seeing someone later tonight. I just you know don't want to. <clears throat> Leon takes one of the cameras off of uh, his back and presses it into your chest and says. Oh, Alvin, <laughs> we all know you're not seeing anyone later. Hold this. I'm going to go get some pictures up from the rock formation. And uh, he bounds away like and disappears quickly out of sight. What do you do? I look down at the camera. I'm rather afraid of having this this fragile electronic device in my big mitts. So I will kind of dangle it in my in a hooked finger and uh, kind of scramble and, and continue following Leon. Leon is largely left your line of sight by the time you are able to get this camera into a position that you feel comfortable with. <laughs> You're not entirely sure which way he went, but as you as you search, you hear a strange guttural rasping coming from behind you. <laughs> Very funny, Leon. Very funny.
JR, you are relaxing at the Prospector Pub. The Prospector is a grubby, grimy saloon filled top to bottom with dark wood from the bar in the center to the tables and booths ringing the exterior. The only natural light that you can see is coming from two thick stained glass windows, and it filters through in deeply shaded hues. The rest of the illumination in this bar comes not from overhead lighting, but from brightly lit signs and a row of arcade games nestled in the back. There is not a single surface in here that isn't scuffed, dented, chipped, or stained in some fashion. And as it has been every time you've visited the Prospector, regardless of the time of day, it is uh, half-filled with a mix of blue-collar workers, college students of dubious age, and uncomfortable-looking tourists who are not quite sure what they've gotten into. Before we jump into your scene, you've been hanging out in Ferment for a couple weeks now? Is that about right? Yeah, that sounds about right. What have you been up to while you've been in here? I've been laying low for the most part, partially because I kind of wanted to get the heat off of my most recent job, which went south, and also because there was some weirdness that went on when that job went south that I've never experienced before. And so I'm trying to kind of wrap my head around what I saw it's been a few weeks, so I think I'm now trying to see maybe where the action is. You know, maybe like an underground pool game, something like that. And the Prospector is absolutely the place to find an underground pool game. <laughs> I think you've probably hustled a few folks, and that's probably what drew you to this place. Absolutely, yeah. Right now, there is no one playing pool, so you are leafing through a copy of the Firmament Daily Herald that was resting at the end of the bar when you arrived. The front page story was a anodyne piece on the anniversary of the Mableton mining strike that you uh, skimmed through very briefly before boredom overtook you. Now, as <laughs> has become habit over the years, given your profession, uh, you find yourself scanning the police blotter. You know you won't find any of your handiwork in there, given that you are laying low, but it's good to keep your finger on the pulse of the local community. And right now, for you at least, that's firmament. There's nothing significant in there. The top line reads something like uh, vehicle accident, fire, vehicle accident, vehicle accident, graffiti, a honest-to-god cattle rustle, uh, another vehicle accident, and a vehicle accident. Uh, as best as you can tell, the only crime in firmament is bad driving. Oh, boy. As you finish reading the police blotter and put down the paper, the front door of the prospector swings open. Two men wearing faded jeans and black leather jackets uh, saddle up to the bar. They each knock back a pair of whiskey shots, and then a second pair of whiskey shots. And then they grab two beers from the bartender, who you know is Jasper, uh, who's also the proprietor. And they head back to the pool tables. They play a couple games, and they're pretty, uh, pretty loud and boisterous, and uh, pretty not great at pool. And you reckon they're uh, they're prime targets for a hustle? Say, do I do I spot an easy mark here? You absolutely <laughs> do. All right. So Jr. <laughs> has been nursing a whiskey need, and I'm gonna set the paper down, pick up my drink, walk over, and with my winningest smile, say, uh, "Gentlemen, are you interested in uh, making this a little interesting?" When you say that, one of them was in the process of taking a shot, and they flub horribly, <laughs> and they uh, they look up at you, 
And you can tell they're slightly startled by you, a woman in a suit. I assume you're wearing your one oh, yeah. of your suits. Full suit, pinstripes, whole deal. Yeah. Slightly startled by a woman in a suit addressing them so properly. And they say, uh, what do you mean more interesting? I take out a 20 and I put it down on the pool table. Oh, you want to bet? Let's bet. And they pull out their wallet. I'm going to call them uh, Bushy Beard and Bushier Beard. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Bushier Beard pulls out his wallet and takes out one crumpled $5 bill and a handful of ones. Oh, boy. That are also crumpled and uh, slams them down on the pool table. That's 20. Count it. I do count it. Just just to make sure. It is 19. (laughs) You know what? I'm going to let it slide. I'm not even going to say anything. (laughs) Uh, So was that Bushy Beard or Bushier Beard who put down $19? Bushier Beard. Okay, so I, I look expectantly at Bushy Beard. Are we both playing? Oh, that's right. That's not how pool works. <laughs> JR is excellent oh, at hustling pool. Uh, I I smile and say, and who am who am I playing against? Which one of you? Well, my name's Earl, and I put down the money, so you're playing against me. And your friend's name? This is John. All right, and then uh, we play pool. Okay, I want you to go ahead and roll to manipulate someone. Because uh, you are trying to convince Earl that you are bad at pool. All right. Got some sweet, sweet (laughs) dice rolling action. That is, that's an eight. Okay. On a seven to nine, they'll do it, but only if you do something for them right now to show them that you mean it. If you ask too much, they'll tell you what, if anything, it would take for them to do it. Would buying drinks for them? Yes, that would absolutely do it. Okay. Um, That was more or less what I was going to suggest. Perfect. (laughs) But they insist that you do a shot with them. Jesus Christ. All right, JR does a shot with them. About midway through the, the pool game. You know, I'm, uh, I'm feeling a little thirsty, Earl says, and winks very obviously at you. Oh, brother. <laughs> All right, so I, I gesture to Jasper. Jasper, three shots of what are you drinking, Earl? Jasper, what am I drinking? And Jasper just sort of shakes his head and uh, starts pouring some very dark brown liquid. Oh, boy. And brings it over to you, and Earl raises his glass, and John raises his glass. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers to a good pool game. Cheers. And they knock it back. Yeehaw. JR knocks your shot back, yeah. So you successfully tricked them into thinking that you are pretty bad at pool during the first half of this game. Tell me a little bit about uh, about the spin. Tell me a little bit about the play. How does this uh, shake out in the end when you get a lot better? I mean, when I get a lot better, I beat them not handily but pretty clearly i like in my last oh we'll say three shots sink my two and then the eight ball earl looks a bit frustrated and he sort of eyes you a little bit oh another and he uh he looks at jasper um and he sort of circles his hand around and jasper brings over three more and he takes out his wallet and sort of looks inside and you see a little fly come out Oh my god. And um he uh he looks at John and John shakes his head and then pulls out his wallet and slaps uh two twenty dollar bills down on the table. D- double or nothing? Yeah, double or nothing. That's what I want to do. Come All on, right. come on. Okay. Let's do it. Okay, uh, I put the money back down. Earl knocks back the second shot 
I guess, fourth shot since he's came in and starts to play again. I don't think I'm going to have you roll for it unless you want to. Uh, you can pretty handily beat Earl. If you want to try to play him again, then I will have you roll. But if you just want to beat him, then you can do that. I'm just going to beat him again. When you beat Earl the second time, he looks mad. Uh-oh. And he picks up his pool cue and looks at you and says, Hey, you cheated! You were not this good, and then you were this good! You're a cheater! And takes a step towards you. I think this is the point where I'm gonna grab that money off of the table and back away slowly. Okay, um, you grab the money and back away, and Earl takes a step towards you in a menacing fashion. Fellas, fellas, we're just, we're having a good time here. Uh, another round of shots for you and John? Uh, are you trying to manipulate someone? I think you are. Okay, yeah. Let's, uh, what? It sounds like you are. What will convince this person to do what I want, which is what I want, is for him to not hit me with a pool cue. Earl is a proud man. Um, Earl wants, <laughs> Earl. <laughs> I know, shock. Earl would like his money back. Oh, boy. And Earl would also like to feel proud. Earl has an ego, and Earl wants to feel proud. Oh, boy. God. That's what would make Earl do what you want him to do, which is not try to strike you with a pool cue. Well, he's not getting his money back, that's for damn sure. (laughs) (laughs) You're doing a lot for this $19. No, no. It is now $59. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Sorry. Okay, let's see how this plays out. Oh... Poop. <laughs> How'd it go, Hannah? That's a six. Ooh. Uh, so mark, mark experience. experience. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Good news. Oh, crap. All right. And Earl steps forward and says, you think you can bribe me with some just some whiskey? You know, I can buy my own whiskey. John can buy my whiskey. <laughs> I want my money back. <laughs> um, and uh, Earl takes a step forward and takes a swing at you. Great. And uh, you are struck with a pool cue for a one harm. Jesus Christ. In character. <laughs> right. That's great. We're on episode one and I've already taken an injury. Um, JR's going to pull out her gun. <laughs> she's, she's, oh, shit. She's, oh, my God. She's oh, yeah. fucking around. Going for the pool no, cue. No, 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 no. You brought a pool no cue to a gunfight, sir. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Rookie mistake. You, uh, That's how you get hustled. You pull out your gun. And Earl, like, Earl's eyes go wide, and you can sort of see the whites. And he takes a step back, and he holds his hands up, and, like, sets the pool cue down on the pool table, and says, whoa, 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 okay. All right, well, uh, okay, uh, shit. Sorry? (laughs) (laughs) This has been enough fun for one evening. Jair is gonna walk out backwards out of the bar, and as she leaves, she's gonna put a 20 on the bar. Uh, Jasper, for your troubles. So, you put a 20 on the bar, and uh, as you sort of start to walk out, um, you see a very large man sitting in the corner who somehow you didn't notice when you came in, despite his impressive frame. Oh boy. He um, stands up pretty casually and pretty slowly and says, um, well, see, now we got a bit of a problem, because uh, you caused a ruckus in um, in my place of sanctuary, and, well, I may not be on duty, but 
as an officer of the law, I gotta Shit. deal with that. <laughs> oh no! Shit! Keep doing this. Take a break for our sponsors. <laughs> Hey everyone, it's Quinn, your keeper and narrator, and I'm here to welcome you to the intermission. Go ahead and stretch your legs, grab some snacks, refill your glass, just be sure to make it back to your seat before the lights go down. Thanks so much for tuning in to the first episode of Monster Hour. We are so excited about this new adventure, and we hope that you're having as much fun listening to it as we did recording it. And hey, if you're enjoying the mystery so far, why not help spread the word by leaving us a rating and review, giving us a shout out on Twitter, at MonsterHourPod, or recommending us to a friend. It really is the best way to help other folks find the podcast, because it turns out the real monster is trying to promote a podcast without advertising. Just don't tell the hunters, okay? I want it to be a surprise. Now, we have a special message from a local sponsor that I think you're all really going to enjoy. Hey there, Coloradians. Are you having yourself a good old time out on the trails this wonderful summer day? Well, have I got a treat for you. Take those beautiful views into your home with one-of-a-kind local woman artist. Oh, yeah, that's me. Buy my art. Buy it. It's at the Visitor Center. You all know it's there, and I see you walk by it, and you should really pick one up because some of our most beautiful landscapes are in there, and, you know, if you just let it speak to you, maybe you need to just Put it on a wall that you're going to have a lot of time with so you can really appreciate it and and get to know it and become familiar with it and then it will start to make sense to you. They're only $5. They're at the local visitor's center. They're also at the local bookshop. You've all seen them and I've only witnessed like maybe what, like three of you guys buy it. How many times have I babysat your kids? How many times? (sighs) Just buy my art. Constance. Rodescu.com. That's the end. Constance, you are in your studio with your mother Magda, short for Magdalena, and your father Victor. Tell us a little bit about your studio. So it's got a very eclectic kind of bohemian vibe. Pretty much the entire wall space is floor to ceiling books in built in book cabinet shelves from my boonie. And in the cupboards are a bunch of random things, a lot of camping gear, random art supplies, and then also a bunch of old antiques from my boonie. And then the final wall in this space is where all the windows are, where all the light comes from. And that is where I have a bunch of easels set up and a big old tarp. And there's just paint and weird bits of metal because I'm creating some multimedia pieces. It's got a little bit of a, of a chemical-y smell, a little bit of like a metallic smell, and then that dusty kind of book library feel to it. I like it. It's good. Uh, Your mother, Magda, has headed to the kitchen. Your father, Victor, uh, is currently standing in front of the easels and uh, is sort of admiring them. You talked a little bit in the setup episode about your parents being academics, but just to add a little bit of color to that, because you you gave me some rough guidelines for sort of what you wanted your parents' professions to be. 
Magda is a scientist with the Colorado National Laboratory, and in a partnership with Firmament College, she also teaches some courses there. And your father, Victor, is also a professor at Firmament College. He is a professor of poetry and is the poet in residence of the college and the poet laureate of Firmament, which is, uh, I think, a special title they created for him. I don't think most small cities have a poet laureate, and I don't think Firmament did before Victor. He did frame the little certificate that they gave him and put it up next mm-hmm. to my mom's scientific degrees, yes. For sure. So your mother is busy in the kitchen, um, and your father is admiring the various works of multimedia art that you have out in your studio. Hey, so I i mean, I i know we had plans for Sunday. I wasn't... I did. Did we have plans for today that I I just happened to forget about, or...? Oh, uh, no, dear. I just decided that I, I wanted to come over. You know, your father, of course, agreed. <laughs> you know, we were concerned that you're not eating enough, and so we wanted to make sure that we came over and provided you with a nice meal. You know, we just wanted to check on you. <sighs> right. Okay. Uh, that's, ve- that's, that's very nice. Um, Dad, I see you're, you're looking at that. Oh, what? Yes? The, the what? one with all... You look like you're uh, staring at the painting with all the little pieces of metal with bunnies on it. Well, yes, it's supposed to be the Colorado National Laboratory, isn't it? Thank you. Yes, exactly. I I was actually curious um, if you would recognize it. Mom, do, do you recognize it as your laboratory? Magda looks up very briefly from her cooking and squints her eyes at this piece of art. Yes, it, it's it's very nice. Okay, all right. Um, <laughs> it's very good, well, this my, is... my dear. It's very good, my dear. Uh-huh, yeah. Well, I mean, this is very, very nice of you guys. I, I do eat, so uh, would, would you like some help with that, Mom? Maybe we can turn this into more of like a, a family dinner? It's, I can handle it. It's okay. It, thank you, though. Thank you. It's okay. Go, why don't, go talk to your father. Go talk to your father. Uh, okay. Thanks, Mom. Uh, You're welcome, dear. Hey, Dad, you want to hear? S- mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hey, Dad, you want to you want to hear something a little weird about my day? Oh, um, well, yes, my dear. Well, what is what is this one? What is this one supposed to mean? I'm getting oh, I'm getting butterflies in the desert. Really close. That one's actually Keanu Reeves. Oh, um, <laughs> it's what is a it's what is a essence? Keanu Reeves? Oh, Dad! Oh boy, we really okay. So you know when you were writing your book, the one that was all about why we do the two spaces after the period and and what that means for poetry, the like one thousand. Oh yes, word yes, book yes. On that? Uh, two spaces, three hearts. Yes, that's right. I forgot the title. I was so young then. Well, when you were kind of in your little writing hole for that, this actor came on the scene. His name is Keanu Reeves. Oh, he's kind oh, of. Oh, yes. Oh. How should I put it? He, I mean, he's still a, a human being, but he's more of a metaphor for a simpler time in everyone's lives at this point. So, in that way, he is himself a piece of poetry. So that is beautiful, my dear. Thank you. So what weird thing happened to you today? You know, I ran into someone I've never seen before, and they were super weird. They showed up, they kept staring at me, and when I tried to, you know, address them or ask them what they were doing, they just gave me the cold, dead stare of like a 
it was a little bit of like the soullessness that you would expect to see in someone who is pretending to be a human but is really an alien. It was kind of that vibe. So and then they just bolted. Yes. They're strange. They just bolted, Dad. Yeah, just refused to talk to me and ran out the building. It was actually right when I ran into you guys. I That's what I was doing. Victor has a slightly perturbed look on his face. My dear, we didn't see anyone leave that building. What? No, he, he was right there. You guys had to have seen him on your way up. No. Are you certain? Are you certain? I know sometimes you get lost in the beautiful majesty of the flowers around the building. Were you paying attention well, to your surroundings? We can ask your mother, but I'm pretty certain. Hey, Mom. Yes, Did dear? you see that real spooky guy that, like, booked it out of the building? Yeah, there was that spooky guy oh, yeah, that come, booked it come, out of the building. Come sit down. Dinner is ready. Oh, okay, but did I, I sit down? What was a traditional, or what was a dish that your um, your mother made for you often as a child growing up? Uh, mamaliga, which is kind of like, oh boy, someone's gonna go, no, that's technically not what it is. Keep in mind, I left Romania as a young child, so this is my Canadian American version of mamaliga. But think of it like a runnier polenta that you put sour cream and cottage cheese into. And it's like that mix of warm polenta and like real cold cottage cheese. It's very good. Number one, that sounds delicious and I want it. <laughs> Number two, uh, Magda says, Now, dear, what were you talking about? Yeah, mom, when when you guys were coming up to uh, interrogate me or, or, or whatever you want to call it, did you see the dude that walked out of the building? The guy that just bolted out of my tour. That's what I was just telling dad. This guy bolted right out of my tour without paying. I saw someone heading off into the lot a bit further away, but I do not believe that they were heading out of the building right away. You really didn't see anyone? No. Please, eat, eat, your, eat your food. Eat your food, dear. Eat your, eat your food. It's getting... It's gonna... The hot and the cold are going to mix together and it's going to be lukewarm. Yeah, I always hate it when that happens. There's nothing you can do about it. You just throw it away. Okay, all right. Now, tell me, tell me, dear, how is the museum going? Are things going well? Well, now I think it might be actually haunted. I, I swear there was... Sorry, I just can't get over this. This creepy oh. dude that you guys swear you didn't well, see. Dear, that's... I have some good... I have some good news. My colleague, Augie Vall, he is starting a startup, and he is looking for a director of community relations. And this is very exciting, because you don't need to have a PhD or any other advanced degree. I drop my bowl <laughs> accidentally, in quotes. Oh, no. Oh, you know what? I need to clean this up. So sorry, Mom. One second. Oh, it's okay. Can Victor I can get it. Oh, Dad, no. And your father uh, <laughs> scoops up the bowl. I give him a really, like, I'm sorry face. I actually mime, I'm sorry. He just sort of looks at you with a um, an understanding face. <laughs> now, as I was saying, Augie <sighs> yeah. is starting a startup and is looking for a community relations director. I think it would be a very good career move for you. Yeah, that 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 does sound... Like, uh, something that can be done to someone. Um, oh, no. That, thank you, Mom. That's that. That's simply, you'll need to do a lot better than that. 
Yes, for the interview that you have tomorrow, I set up an interview for you. Oh boy! Yes, oh, it's well, it's tomorrow you know? at Firmament Coffee Company. <laughs> it's at noon, <laughs> and uh, if you're going to get the job, I put in a good word for you. But if you're going to get the job, it's you're going to have to have a much better answer than that. Oh, so what you're saying is, if I don't, then I won't get the job. Got it. Good to know. Okay. Well, and you'll ruin my reputation. <laughs> oh, well, if I could do that, it would have been done already, right, Mom? Oh, I'm trying to lighten the mood. Thank you, Mom. That was, that was very, very, very nice of you. Um, I do have a job. Yes, but it's haunted. Uh, mm, oh, boy, you just do said I so like yourself. it when, when you throw that in my face. Sure. Well, that or both you and dad were, I don't know, too busy trying to change my entire life as you walked up. And that's why you didn't see the very clear man that ran out of the building. But, you know, maybe just another weird spooky thing, I guess. You sound like your boonie, always telling these silly tales. <sighs> well, that's the first compliment today. I want you to roll plus weird for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, big money, big money. Oh, such small money. Um, <laughs> two nat ones. I'm just oh going to go ahead and point that out Wowzer. really quick. Oh, no. So that's a total of three. Okay. Can you read me what happens on past lives on a uh, on a miss? Oh, God. Yeah. On a six or less, a past life takes over for a while. Oh, God. Oh, God. oh no. Spooky. You move your mouth to respond, but the words that come out are n not yours <laughs> at all. Ah, fuck. Magdalena Rodescu, how dare you speak to your child that way? How dare you try to control her life, you petulant child? Oh, shit. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, so, um... And your mother just looks shocked. Sorry, I think that was like a I don't know what that was. That was definitely not a burp. I, <laughs> I honestly, I don't. Um, and I am definitely freaking out because I do recognize the voice as my grandma's. Yes. I imagine. Yeah. Your grandmother, Brandusa. Brandusa, yes. So, so uh, I'm freaking out at this point. Now I'm thinking that maybe I'm hallucinating or I'm just really low on sleep or something. But I, I'm looking at my mom to gauge her reaction. She is upset, but also unnerved at the uncanny resemblance to the way that her mother spoke to her that way. Mom, I, I swear I'd, I didn't. I mean, it was me, but it, I did not say those words. I don't. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I haven't been getting enough sleep. I don't. That was that was not me. <laughs> I swear. I think that it is past time for all of us to go to sleep. You may keep the rest of the food, and I expect that you will walk Father and I to the gondola. Of course, <laughs> Mom. I again. I'm. I swear. I. Sw I know. I know. It's gonna be really hard to believe that, but I swear that wasn't me. She doesn't say anything, but she uh, gets up and takes your plate and her plate and puts them away and starts moving towards the exit. I hurriedly follow them out, and I, I can tell that my mom is, is really upset. So I say, you know, I, um, I will not embarrass you in that interview. I will take it seriously. I promise you that. And then maybe I'll just go by Dr. Sigorin. 
Maybe I've been running myself rack. Maybe the fumes in here. I don't know. So yeah, maybe, maybe that'll be my tomorrow. How does that sound, Mom? I would appreciate that. Okay. I think it would be best. Let's. <sighs> Please, let's go, dear. Let's okay. go. I've had enough tonight. Okay. So Alvin, you are in the midst of the moonscape. The mm-hmm. spot that you're in right now is sort of a, uh, a pretty open expanse, kind of like a valley, but pretty broad. Uh, Leon has disappeared off to your right-ish, but to your left, you have heard this strange guttural sound. Uh, Leon's not, it's not funny anymore. C- uh, come on, you know, you know, I'm afraid of the dark. You know, I don't like these spooky sounds. Come on, Leon. Leon. Oh boy. Uh, how close does that does that sound really close? I, can't, I assume it's dark and I can't really see anything. So it is uh, sunset. So oh, it's not right. completely dark yet. The sound sounds close-ish, but you can't see where it's coming from. To your left, there's sort of a series of pillars that give way to a deeper valley. And you can't really see what is in that area, but that appears to be the direction that it is coming from. So it kind of sounds like a uh, someone might also be hurt. So I think after you know Leon hasn't emerged or revealed himself, I'm going to start tentatively walking closer and calling out again, like, "You okay, buddy? Something happened. Should I call for help? We've got a car." That sound continues as you get closer. If you, ah, oh, jeez. <laughs> If you wanted to read a bad situation, this would certainly be a time that you could. That's a, well, that's an awfully good idea. Uh, yeah, so I'll I'll actually kind of hold the hold the camera up mm-hmm. as I advance, and I would like to yeah read read this bad situation. Ooh, sharp, huh? That is a seven. Okay. Plus zero. Okay. It's better than some of your other skills. <laughs> this is true. Two of them. Okay. On a seven to nine, uh, you hold one. You can use that hold mm-hmm. to ask one of the following questions. What is my best way in? What is my best way out? Are there any dangers I haven't noticed yet? Uh, what's the biggest threat? What is most vulnerable to me? And what is the best way to protect the victims? I think the best one for me to do there is, are there any dangers I haven't noticed? Take a good look at where this sound is coming from, peering into the valley behind those pillars. So I think as you draw closer, you realize that the drop into this valley is more precipitous than it may appear, mm. uh, and in fact is quite sharp. And if you came in even at a, a reasonable speed, you would be liable to fall into this valley. Leon, I think someone's hurt over here. I'm going to check it out. And then I'm going There's to- There's no response. Uh, Hmm. Uh, well, I am going to hold the camera up, pointing it down the slope into the darkness there with the flash on, and I'm going to take a quick picture, and I'm going to pull it up on the screen of the camera and try to zoom in on things. That's very clever. I like that. Ooh, um, smarty. <laughs> you take this picture, and the flash goes off, and you think 
you see something and you wait for it to show up in the camera. And what you see is a pretty macabre scene. Down in this valley, there are what appear to be several dead or dying animals, specifically cows, and they are all piled up on top of one another. They look emaciated. Oh god, Jesus. Um, I'm going to somewhat clumsily kind of like back tread and then actually run towards where I saw Leon go calling out, Leon, Leon, Leon. You round one of the corners and you run into a figure. It's Leon. Hey, what's going on, man? What? Why are you yelling? I, I, freaking dead cows. Dead Leon. Oh, God, it's good to see. Uh, they're like... You, are you okay? Like pi- a big old pile of dead animals. Look, look, look. And I, I show him the camera. I hope I didn't land on the camera. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> Leon takes the camera and says, what is this? It's just over the valley. It's like just, just down that cliff. I just took the one picture. I got got a little scared. Now, this is a story. Oh, my God. Okay. You got to take me there right now. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, sure. This oh, way. Alvin, you're not scared, are you? Come on, man. We'll just go take some more pictures, right? Well, yeah, of course. No, everyone's going to think this is like a like a chupacabra thing or something. It's going to be great. Come on. Chupacabra, yeah. Let's go. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll lead him back to the valley, but I won't get very close to the edge. You arrive at the valley, and as you draw close, you hear that sort of guttural sound again. And upon sort of staying there for a while, you realize that one of these animals is still alive. Leon snaps a few pictures from the top and says, um, I'm going to get down in there. Will you hold my my other camera? Yeah, yeah, of course. One of those those is alive, though. I mean, I can help you carry it up if it's hurt. You want to carry the cow up? You can lift a cow? How are you going to do that? Uh, I mean, if we could kind of walk, maybe we could kind of push it. Oh, Alvin, bless your heart, but that cow is dead. You can hear it. Can't you hear it? I mean, it's metaphorically dead, man. Like, okay, we can call a, a ranger or a cop or something, but we're not going to get a cow up and to a vet. It's, look at it. Poor thing. Yeah, I'll, I mean, do you not want to take one of these cameras? I'll take some pictures from a people. Yeah, I got one. Hold on. And he um he slides down and lands in the, the valley below. What do you do? I mean, this is kind of a cliff down to a valley. We found a pile there. Is it, does it continue? Does it seem like there's like a trail of them that goes along either direction? Or is it kind of a contained pile? I would love for you to investigate a mystery. I would love to do that. I mean, I'd like to do well. <laughs> Oof. Hey, we all get experience. <laughs> <laughs> that is a six. Okay, something happens, but it's off screen and you don't know. Cool, 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 cool. Love that. You study this scene. The valley does open up a little bit further out, mm-hmm. but you can't see any any tracks. You can't see any signs of how all these cows who, at least at one point, probably weighed hundreds, if not thousands of pounds. Mm-hmm. Probably not thousands, probably hundreds. I don't know how much cow weighs. Um, <laughs> uh However much they weighed when they were fully intact, mm-hmm. you don't know how they got there or what brought them there or where it went. There's no evidence that you can see. Hmm. I will say, at least from your vantage up there, if you want to get down there, I would let you roll again. I think I'm, I stand on top of the, the valley here, looking down and looking around, feeling rather foolish that I'm just staying up here. And they'll call down and be like, I'll come help. I'll come help. 
and I'll try to kind of skitter down the valley, sort of on the other side of the pile from where Leon is poking around. So now that you're down here and have a better view of the scene, if you want to try to investigate a mystery again, mm-hmm. I, I think it's a different yeah, context. I'll, I'll give it a go. Ooh, that's a nine. Not a failure. Okay, not a failure. This is my brain. On a seven to nine, hold one. Uh, you can use that hold to ask me one of the following questions. What happened here? What sort of creature is it? What can it do? What can hurt it? Where did it go? What was it going to do? Or what is being concealed here? I think Alvin's first thought would be to look for, like, where did it go? Like, if something caused this, if something has, has kind of brought these beasts to one singular point, like if there's any tracks anywhere or signs of where something left or came from. You still don't have a great sense of what happened, although I will tell you as sort of a freebie that these cows all have large wounds on them. It's not clear what did it. It's not clear, you know, what the intent was, but there are open wounds on all of these cows. But to your question, there are several large boot prints around this area Mm. that you can tell are not from you or Leon. And they go up the walls of the valley at a pretty sharp angle, like almost as though they were going up the walls. Wow. So I'll kind of be like walking around this. I'm sure the stench is pretty strong. Yeah, it doesn't smell great. Strangely, I think it does smell a little good to me. Yeah, it might. A little bit. It just might. Yeah, I push those thoughts. That's up. a feeling that you have to grapple with. I push those thoughts aside for now. I'm like, Jesus, Leon, what do, what do you think could have done this, huh? Oh, man, uh, cougar. I mean, would be weird if there were bears this far out, but it could have been a bear. It could be a cougar, maybe even a bobcat, I guess, if it was wild or wolves. I mean, think wolves? I wouldn't think they'd like pile them up like this, right? Like one of them's still, one of them's still alive. I don't know. Pretty bizarre. I'll go put a hand on the, the living cow. Uh, it doesn't seem to react. Leon has sort of slunk up next to you and says, maybe it's the chupacabra. <laughs> mm-hmm. Chupacabra's real, right? Uh-huh. Leon looks, he was like, Alvin, come on, man. Get it together. There's lots going on in Firmament, but come on. Monsters? Yeah, that's pretty silly, huh? This probably wolves. You're probably right. As the two of you are talking, a bright light flips on at the top of this valley and shines down on you. I just kind of stand up and try to put a hand up to the light to try to get an eye on on what's causing it if it's a some of the flashlight or you don't get a great look but it appears to be a figure holding a pretty intense mag light uh, and a voice calls out to you and says now you two know you're not supposed to be here after dusk i'm going to have to ask you to come with me jr so describe to me this person who is now addressing me. He's a, a pretty tall guy, clean shaven, got short black hair with just a hint of gray. He's not wearing a police officer's uniform, but as he sort of steps up to you, he does pull out a firmament police department badge. Shit. All right. Oh, God. Now, why on earth did you have to go make a ruckus? In my favorite bar. I just wanted some peace and quiet. So, I'm going to holster the gun. <laughs> Step number one. My apologies, officer... You can call me Stony. Officer St- Stony. 
if you want to get technical, it's Chief Locke, but uh, I prefer Chief Stony or uh, just Stony. <laughs> you know, Chief Locke is. Uh, <laughs> Chief Locke is a little on the nose, if uh, you know what I mean. That's Stony, is it? Officer Dank Buds. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> yep. You. This uh, is all in character. <laughs> you about about done? I know it's. crying right now i'm laughing so hard all right um my my apologies stony i was just leaving um now i reckon you were i'm sorry you hustled them you hustled them bikers real good it's just an honest game of pool yeah i saw it you played an honest game of pool and then they struck you with a pool cue and so i might have been the victim uh, if you hadn't drawn a gun on them my reaction was perfectly normal they're bigger than me this is an appropriate reaction when a uh, big but oh christ all right <sighs> the two bikers by the way yeah. earl and john have hightailed it out of the right. bar now perfect and it's uh it's just you so, stony are you gonna get my attacker they're getting away you want to press charges no probably not. didn't think so <laughs> but i as i was saying i will uh, be on my way Sir? You're new around town, aren't you? What's your name? What brings you to Firmament? JR, just uh, passing through. Stony. Yeah? <laughs> you want one more? It's fine, you can have one more. I'm gonna let you know that all this laughing is really hurting my ribs. And I should probably go. At least you're going to die laughing. <laughs> I very well might. <laughs> Stony chuckles and says, uh, yeah, I know, I know. I know. It's, a, it's a funny name, but uh, <laughs> it's one my mom gave me. Bless my mama. The best woman I ever knew. Uh, as an aside, Quinn, how old is this guy? Chief Stony is probably in his uh, late 40s, early 50s. Okay. All right. And he's got that, that salt and pepper thing going on. Just, yeah, he's got a little salt and pepper. Okay. All right, just filing that away. Um, uh, just just passing through, sir. And I'm thinking that perhaps I should seek some medical attention because it's really starting to hurt. Where that man accosted me. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to arrest you. You're welcome to leave if you want. But if you want to grab a drink, I always like meeting newcomers. Are you asking me out on a date? Yeah. No. <laughs> And uh, he holds up his hand. <laughs> Shut oh. down. You can see a wedding ring on it. All right. No, Mrs. wouldn't like that. Not at all. But uh, I like meeting the newcomers in Firmament. It's good to know who's uh, who's in town. Got to keep an eye for the good actors and got to keep an eye on the riffraff. Well, uh, I think I'll take a rain check, Stoney. But I'll take you up on that. All right. You have a good evening, JR. Don't, uh... Don't get in any trouble. All right. I'm going to head back to the place that I've been squatting. JR, you exit the prospector and start heading towards the direction of the timeshare that you have been staying at. It's dark now, but you can see as clear as day up ahead in the illumination of one of the streetlights 
the body of Earl lying motionless on the ground. Oh. And as you see this, you see the sheen of a pool of blood gathering around a wound on his neck. 